0: If I'm honest, though, moving past fears for me hasn't always been easy. Um, I think I've talked about it before, but um, for much of my life, I've suffered from some form of anxiety. And for a lot of my life, I was anxious about everything. My friends would often joke that I'm rather high strung. (laughs) And That meant that it's very easy for me to take things personally, or it was very easy, I should say, and take things out of context. Like, my mind would create stories about things that were going on that weren't really happening. The world felt like it could be a really frightening place. And because of that, I didn't really know how to practice self-care. In fact, I didn't even really know what self-care was. I thought that it was just doing all those things that helped me to feel comfortable, like vegging out with a video game or Netflix. But really, I was practicing things that helped me to numb out from the challenges in my life. Now, as I evolved on my spiritual journey, I began to realize that self-care was something that was very different than what I think we're often taught by the media growing up. You know, our, our society tells us that self-care looks a certain way. And I want to challenge that a little bit. And a French philosopher that many of you have probably never heard of named Guy Debord shared in his book, The Society of the Spectacle, that many of us grow up with this idea that we have to crush ourselves in a job that we don't like just so that we can support those periods when we're not working typically through an all-too-short vacation or through retirement. And when we do that, he says that we miss out on directly experiencing life itself. We're putting something between us and life. And I certainly grew up that way myself. But what I didn't realize while I was growing up is how backwards my idea of life was, of what I was supposed to do was, how backwards my ideas of self-care was. And it took me finding my first fulfilling job and a lot of spiritual and psychological work to realize that I was missing that direct experience of life. And what I was really missing, what I found out, Here's, here's the cool part, is that I was missing out on my relationship with my inner authentic self. I didn't know how to take care of that inner self. And because of that, I felt like I was a victim of life. I felt like I was trapped on this endless hamster wheel of anxiety and constant vigilance about all of the things in the world that were going to hurt me. I was living my life in support of my anxiety rather than supporting that core self within me. So as I started to gain some access to that wise inner self through spiritual practice, through spiritual education, I noticed that my life started to shift for the better. And we're going to talk about some practices that we can employ in our lives to gain access to that self in our talk today a little bit later. But the big epiphany that showed up for me was that I had to reframe how I approached self-care. And it actually turned out to be pretty simple because that reframe showed up with just rearranging the word self-care. Turned into care of the self. And once I knew that, I began to explore how I could care for that part of me that's curious, that's calm, that's confident, that feels connected to life, that sees life clearly, that's creative and is courageous. That part of me that roots everything that it does in compassion. And this is a part of us that's the very core of our being. And that's good news because it means we don't have to get anything. We already have it. It's already within us. We just tend to cover it up because letting that self come out and be in the world, it can sometimes feel pretty scary. And I think it's scary. And I know it was scary for me is because a lot of us don't grow up with the tools to build that positive relationship with ourself, to care for it. Because life can be challenging, that sometimes means that we can put walls up between us and life so that we feel a little bit more safe. And for me, I forgot how to be in touch with that self that was with me my entire life because of how my anxiety, my fears of the world and all the scary things in the world had forced me to cope with that by building walls by putting up a facade of who I thought I was supposed to be so that I'd make everyone else happy (laughs) and they wouldn't come back and bother me. Because I often move through the world, reacting to the world through my defenses, through these barriers, these masks that I put up, oftentimes it would feel unsafe when I noticed myself or someone else in their authentic self-energy. It's the kind of energy that my defenses, it turns out, were trying to hide away because they didn't trust that. It felt unsafe to be in the world that way. Perhaps you've noticed, and I'm saying this as an example without any judgment, Sometimes you might see an adult who shuts down a child who's just expressing their playful imagination, a child who's in their self energy, because it doesn't feel safe to that adult. Because perhaps that adult learned that that compassionate, kind, curious energy is not safe in the world. Or perhaps, and I, I'm going to own up to this myself, maybe you've been having a bad day and maybe you felt a little resentment towards someone who was really in their compassion and their curiosity about the world. Anyone want to fess up? <laughs> I'll fess up. It, sometimes it doesn't feel safe because it feels unknown. It feels um, not not like something that we've experienced before. But the more that I learn about my own inner self, the more I find that what is most effective for me as a stress reliever, you know, that thing that we're looking for when we're doing traditional self-care, is that I am able to create spaciousness in my mind to simply allow myself to come through. That self coming through actually leads to stress relief for me. And I've learned that my anxiety and all that worrying and all those thoughts that come with it really are just getting in the way of the pathway for that authentic self to come forth. And so that anxiety meant not having a direct experience with life and living my life through the lens of my anxiety. It meant anxiety informing all of my decisions that I did or I didn't make. Oftentimes it was more not making decisions rather than that wise self that already had the answer And those of you who have experienced anxiety, this will probably feel familiar to you. I felt like I was trapped because when you're trapped in anxiety, it can be frightening to think about being any other way in the world. My anxiety thought that it was protecting me from the world by keeping me constantly alert, constantly vigilant to all the perceived threats of the world. And the idea of letting go of that anxiety would actually produce more anxiety. (laughs) Hamster wheel. (laughs) But then things started to shift as I found my way into spiritual practice. And I'll tell you a story. When I was in my first real IT job, um, it turns out that a month into that job, I was laid off because I started that job a month before the economy crashed in 2008. And I got to tell you that layoff really amped up all of my feelings of anxiety, my feelings of worthlessness. The good news is a month later, they rehired me because it turns out one of my coworkers decided not to show up to work for three days and didn't tell anybody about it. <laughs> so his loss, my gain. But... Even though I got that job back and I was grateful to be back in that job, boy, oh boy, my anxiety level was up to here. <laughs> and anytime, anytime I would see my boss talking to his boss, the wheels of the gears in my brain would start going and being like, are they going to fire you today, Russ? That's probably what he's talking about. You better be vigilant. And watch out. They're going to fire you today. Uh-oh. Better watch out. Over and over and over again. And my mind would get so creative about all these things that weren't actually happening. And I pushed myself to excel because I thought that if I was perfect in the way that I showed up with this job, even if it destroyed me and caused more stress, that then they couldn't have any reason to fire me again. So needless to say, I was super stressed out and I didn't have very much access to that self-energy that self-energy that could have brought me some calm, that might have told me that, you know, all these stories that my mind were making up were probably not grounded in reality. I also wasn't open to possibilities, the possibility that there might be a better job for me because I was so worried that I was going to lose the one that I had. And so I spent years there toiling away, just feeling unfulfilled. So then one day, while stuck in traffic, having just learned how to do spiritual mind treatment, which is the form of affirmative prayer that we practice here at the center, I decided that, you know what, I'm going to go into prayer to get a new job. And by the way, if you're ever stuck in traffic, that is a great time to pray because what else are you going to (laughs) do? And so... I prayed for about 30 minutes because I was stuck behind a train. (laughs) And um, living in Chicago at the time, if you're driving into Chicago and you don't know, sometimes it'll just be train after train during rush hour that keeps going by until you get to go anywhere. And so I'm praying and I'm praying and I'm praying and I'm getting the juices going through that prayer. And my prayer was for a job that felt fulfilling You know, a job where I knew that what I was doing was making a difference because, you know, at the time I was working for doing IT work for a paper company and, well, I felt kind of like Dunder Mifflin. So I, (laughs) it was time for something new. And so I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and, you know, I was looking for a job that paid me more money that had better benefits, a job that was in Chicago so I wouldn't have to commute out to the suburbs and where I could take public transit and all of these things. And underneath all of this prayer, there was this blossoming of self that started to come forth. Because in that moment, I was caring for myself through the spiritual mind treatment. And because I was opening up to that self, well, the next steps started to make themselves known to me in that prayer. And I found that my self knew that, okay, well, I need to put a resume together. And you know what? I feel good about that because look at all the good work that I've done in this job now that makes me really attractive as somebody to hire. It gave me motivation to look at all of the job listings to see what's available. And it actually started this shift in my life, started to turn things around. And I'll talk about that in a little bit. But I notice that the more that we care for ourself, that inner wise self, the more our practice of self-care itself evolves. The more we're in touch with ourself, the more that it actually starts to tell us what it's needing. And the more that we give it what it needs, the more it feels safe to come out and to help and guide and enhance our life. And all of this leads to us having a more direct experience of life. We're able to live a life that's unfiltered by our fears. We're able to live with joy and with compassion. So this is why I start self-care with care for the self, because it helps everything else become easier in my life. No matter what the challenges are, everything becomes easier. The things that were hard that might have pushed me into my coping mechanism suddenly feel less challenging. They feel less stressful. And myself then helps to navigate stressful situations and stay in this feeling of safety regardless of the challenges that are going on in my life. It's able to put together the puzzle pieces of my life far better than all those defensive parts that are just constantly vigilant with the world. And it can do that because it's able to see the big picture. I notice, too, that that self is so courageous. And this is why I'm always inspired by pride every year. Because in this oftentimes violent and frightening world, boy, oh boy, doesn't it take so much courage to show up as your authentic self? regardless of what others might think. I'll also say that I've noticed that it takes so much courage to open up to self and how it wants to express with others. You know, us opening up to the self that we see in others, that takes courage too. Now, to conclude my IT job story because I was able to access that inner self, that inner self that was courageous and it helped to push me into looking for a new job. Well, about a month after I spoke that spiritual mind treatment, while, again, I was stuck driving home on a commute, I got a call from a recruiter. And it turns out that recruiter was recruiting me to work at Chicago Public Schools and Turns out, he was offering me exactly what I had prayed for in my spiritual mind treatment. You know, it was a job where I would be working in a fulfilling trade, you know, helping teachers and kids be more successful in the classroom. And um, it was in the city. I could take public transit, and it certainly paid me more money, too. All of that because I allowed and I took that chance for myself to come out and to allow it to blossom. Doesn't that sound great? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, how then? How then? What are some of the ways that we can care for ourselves, that we can make it safe for ourselves to come out? Well, I've noticed that it starts with us just building a better relationship with ourselves and building a relationship too with those parts that try to protect it because those parts that try to protect it, they're not malicious. They might just not know a healthy way to do that for us. And I'm curious, raise of hands, who here has experienced that self-energy before? Okay, so a lot of you, that's good. That's good. You know it when you get it, right? Because everything in life then feels effortless compassion and clarity and courage, they feel like there's an endless supply of them. All of those C words that were at the start of the talk. And maybe you experienced it during those times when you felt like, man, I'm so in the flow right now. Everything is easy. This feels great. No matter how challenging the circumstances might have been. So this relationship building, it can be easier said than done. And for a long time, I, I didn't even realize that I had this inner self. But there are some spiritual practices that I found that can give us glimpses of that inner self. And that through those glimpses, we can begin to forge a new path for self to share its wisdom with us and with our lives and with everyone around us. It's almost like If you imagine that there's a light behind a piece of paper and you just take a pin and you poke a little pin in it, now you've got a little pin of light. And each time we get a glimpse, we keep on poking that paper with pins and pretty soon all the light is able to come forth. But it's one little pinprick at a time, one little glimpse at a time. So as you heard, spiritual mind treatment is a great way to do this. And we've got lots of classes here to help support you in learning that. And I notice that when I'm doing spiritual mind treatment, I'm looking at our, our practitioners in the audience today because I know you're all going to agree with this too. I've noticed that when I'm in a really great affirmative prayer, sometimes it feels like something else is praying me, right? And whether that's the self. That's the self speaking that spiritual mind treatment. And in those moments, I can simply become aware of that part of me that's actually doing the prayer. And when I do become aware of it, I become aware of its loving kindness, of its compassion. Mindfulness meditation is also a really great way to cultivate, it, it cultivate a relationship with that inner self. And traditionally in mindfulness meditation, what we do is we focus our attention like a flashlight onto something concrete. Typically our breath, you know, what it feels like to breathe in and to breathe out. Sometimes you might focus on like a candle or even just focusing on nature. And when we do this, we simply allow any thoughts because the thoughts inevitably come to just float through our mind like a flock of birds flying through the sky without getting caught up in them, without following them where they're trying to lead us. And the idea is that we become more aware that We, our inner self, our true authentic self, are not our thoughts. And we do that through the power of awareness, through observation. Now, this next one I'm really jazzed about, I learned about this last year, Um, And it's another form of mindfulness meditation that's a little bit lesser known um, that comes from the Tibetan Buddhist Dzogchen tradition, and it's um, called effortless mindfulness more colloquially here in the West. And I learned about this approach from author and meditation teacher, Locke Kelly. And it's a different approach from what we typically learn about mindfulness, where we just focus on a breath or focus on something specific. Um, Because the idea is that we actually let go of that focus into the pure experience of awareness. We become aware of awareness itself. And I'm so enamored with it that I'm going to teach a class about it in July. So if you're wanting to check this out, we'll have more information on that soon. It'll be up on our website um, for every Monday evening in July. We'll be exploring what it means to practice effortless mindfulness And since I love it so much, I thought it would be fun for us to close out our service with that practice today. So if it feels comfortable, I invite you to take a deep breath and maybe close your eyes or lower your gaze. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to speak one single word and just repeat it. And as I speak this word, I invite you to focus your attention, like a flashlight, on the silence between each word. Not the word itself, but the silence between each word. And so let us begin. Love. 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 And now I'm going to repeat this word again, but this time I invite you to become aware of the part of you that's aware of the space. Between each word, become aware of that part of you that is aware of the space between each word. Love, 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 love. 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 And so I invite you to take another deep breath. When you feel ready, if your eyes were closed, go ahead and open your eyes, come back to the room. How are you all feeling? Feel a little bit more aware. Yeah. So that's just a taste of what effortless mindfulness is all about. And it's designed to give us that direct path to that self, to allowing that self to come forth because that self is that part of us that is pure awareness. And when we become aware of that awareness, that's when we gain access to that innate compassion and courage and clarity, that loving kindness, all that goodness that's already within us. So this is one of many ways that we can care for ourselves, that we can help to make it a little bit more safe for it to come out in our daily lives. Helps to make it safe for it to come out and play Now, you may have other things that work for you too. And if you do, that's great. Do those things. Anything that you can do that you know works for you, that helps you to care for yourself, do that. But if you're still exploring, if you're still figuring out, how can I better care for myself? Then I invite you to check out our spiritual practices. You saw the five spiritual practices at the start of our service today. Check out our classes because we teach those practices in our classes. And when you do find something that you know brings that self out for you, whether it's spiritual mind treatment or meditation or spiritual circulation or spiritual study, whatever the practice is, make it part of your daily practice. Care for that self every day. Because the more we care for that self within us, the more that self will care for us. Now, I often imagine what our world might look like if more of us practiced authentic care of the self, if more and more of us led our lives inspired by that compassion and that calm and that clarity of that wise self that's the core of all of us. I think that we'd be happier. I think that we'd be more effective in the things that we do do in the world. And I think that we would definitely be a lot less stressed (laughs) in life than we seem to be in this particular era. So I'm willing to bet, too, that we would actually get more work done, more good work done, and we'd get it done while feeling less stressed. So this is why I try to check in with myself every day in ways that work for me, and I hope that you will, too.